Hi, I'm Diane Wolf, and I did that wrong. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Diane Wolf, and I am Citizen Salem. Hello and welcome to Citizen Salem. My name is Chris Paget, and thanks for listening and thanks for liking our Facebook page and thanks for liking our Instagram account, following along there and the Twitter page, I guess. I think I've logged into the Twitter page like twice. I kind of forget to put things there because I still, to this point, really don't know what to do with Twitter, let alone Snapchat. Frankly, I've never wanted a company to go out of business more than I want Twitter to go out of business. Tweets aren't news. Stop reporting tweets like they're news. They're not news. Sorry. I don't like Twitter. <laughs> so in the last episode, I was super excited, had the windows open. It was warm out today. Eh, not so much, but spring's coming, right? A sure sign of spring arriving in Salem, though, is the reopening of the lobster shanty. The lobster shanty is loved by both locals and tourists alike, and the name and face that's most closely associated with it is Diane Wolf, who is this oh, episode's yeah. guest. I just ignore phone calls. <laughs> no, I think my, my outgoing voicemail says something like, uh, if I'm not answering, I'm probably handling raw chicken and can't touch my phone. That's a good, um, that's a good reason. Yeah. That's a good excuse. And it also says, if I don't know you, I'm not going to answer. So like, just... Introduce yourself, and then I'll call Ugh, you back. The number of fake phone calls. Mm-hmm. I still, I hardly answer the phone anymore, unless I they're in a, there. I got a spam phone call from China the other day, and it's all in Mandarin, I think. Wow. Um, I played it over and over again because it was so fun to listen to. I was like, I have no idea what that lady's saying. Um, but you could tell it's the same version of, like, hello, friend. You yeah. have one. Uh, you know, Congratulations. It's and, yeah. Yeah. But in Mandarin this time right. around. Sorry. <laughs> There's no part of this interview that's in Mandarin. Good. <laughs> that's a relief. I, I'm already relieved. <laughs> so uh, how how would people know you if they saw you on the street? They'd say, oh, that's the lady from? That's the lady from the lobster shanty. Yeah. I hope. Or they might know me from the ugly mug. So tell me about the... the We'll, start, we'll go back to the lobster shanty, but the ugly mug you recently divested your interest in. Is I that did. right? I did. So hopefully no one's going to notice I'm gone. Like yeah. nothing has changed. My other business partners just absorbed my shares. Sure. And it's going to continue to be awesome. I'm just not going to work there. Was there just not enough to do here? Um, things changed here. Uh, randomly, it's kind of attached to the unemployment rate that I've been having trouble finding staff. And so really? I'm working more hours here. And well, I, I mean, when you, but, when you, but when you started the mug, though, you yeah. just didn't have enough to do. Like you needed something to do in the morning. Oh, and no, then no. run this place in the uh, evening too. No. Like was that? <laughs> um, genuinely, it was before we had a long-term lease here at the shanty, and I was oh. genuinely concerned that the city was not going to renew because, like, every year it was like, "Are they going to renew this year?" Um, so I thought, "Why well, put all my eggs in one basket?" Yeah. And so we got too many eggs going over. <laughs> in the, uh, so many egg jokes. So yeah, little time. Yeah, I know. With a bre- breakfast place. Yeah. So then, so and so anyway, so you you weren't able to find enough people to man here so you kind of had to refocus your energy yeah and yeah it just got a lot fast yeah um one of my like go-to guys over at the mug left one of my go-to guys here at the shanty left and it was just it was a lot i've heard that from more than one 
restaurant person who said that the proliferation of restaurants is great, but there's just not enough bodies it's to true. run them. And I mean, we find ourselves selecting people now that we might not have selected five years ago or eight years ago. Um, and we're like, we'll give anybody a try. Sure. Um, and a lot of those people just, you know, they try, but they're not. Also, it gets really bonkers here. Yeah. Like, it, you can't just just show up. This isn't, a, this isn't like a hangout and relax, like, or it's not, no. I mean, it's, it's a very fast pace. It's a small yeah. space, so it's. I think the shanty is like the most flexible place I've ever worked. We will have days where we do $200 all day and yeah. days we'll do $200 in an hour, you know? Yeah. Like it, it the, our culture is that we, you know, step up when we need to and either cut people or flex when we, you know, we can run the place with two people or 15. Yeah. It all depends on how many chairs are set up and what the weather's like and what time of year it is. So I've been in Salem for about a decade. I'm pretty sure the shanty was here when I got here, right? Yes. It's been around that long. The shanty has been here since Jimmy Carter was president. So when did you take over? Um, we are just about to start our 12th season, so I want to say it was 2007. Yeah. How did you end up going from being a photographer, photography student to cooking and running two restaurants at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah, so f I went to photography school in the 80s and um, worked at a really super awesome photo lab that I miss so much. Yeah. Uh, it was Zona Photo Labs in Cambridge, and then it moved to Somerville. Okay. Um, and then kind of, I liked the, the hands-on part of photography, so mm -hmm. I did photo finishing, worked for some, some big-name photographers, and I just, I loved that job so much. And then when digital came along, I kind of was left by the wayside. Yeah. And I saw the writing on the wall, and so at the tender age of 34, I went to culinary school. Um, really? So, that you, I mean, you had to, like, slam it into reverse and go the other way. Yeah. And, I mean, I went to school because most people in this industry who are successful have been in the industry for a really long time, and I was kind of starting wicked late. Yeah. Um, so, I, but I consoled myself by saying that Julia Child went to Cordon Bleu when she was 34, so if she could do it, I could do it. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, when I graduated, I actually took a picture from, that I stole from the photo lab um, <laughs> of her, and I put it on my mortar board. So she was oh, cool. kind of my inspiration. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Lee and I met because I was managing a coffee shop next to the brewery where he worked, and huh. um, we actually got married up here in Salem before we moved here um, back a million years ago. Well, that um, leads to my next question. So how long have you lived here? Uh, we moved here while I was in culinary school, so I think it must have been 2001, 2002. Okay. Yeah, I think so. How'd you end up here? Other than getting married here, was that uh -huh. kind of where, is that um, where it started? I'm, I'm from Marblehead, so okay. here. I guess technically I was born in Salem. Sure. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, we lived in Malden for a while, um, and came back to Salem. Oh, we found an awesome, like, kind of illegal in-law apartment on Chestnut Street, which mm. I didn't realize how posh it was to live on Chestnut Street. Yeah. I was like, when I moved out of the neighborhood, I was like, what do you mean the street sweepers don't come by every day? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Once a year? What's this? <laughs> um, but, no, it was nice, and my landlord was awesome. Um, but they sold the house, and so we moved uh, to another place, and then that house got sold. We're like, screw it, we're buying a place. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I was... I had like a real steady job. I was the sous chef over at Shoebies in Marblehead. Okay. So I was able to qualify for a loan. Yeah. Now, owning a restaurant, I pretty much tanked my credit. <laughs> so, I mean, I've always said, because I grew up with um, family friends who ran restaurants, were in the restaurant industry, and 
learn from a very early age. The restaurant people are kind of nuts. You have to be. Yeah, right? So going from culinary school to, like, running your own place, is like, that's a huge jump, yeah. isn't it? Well, I mean, I Rather than just like, into it. You're not just, like, working for somebody else. You, you're working for you. Mm-hmm. Like, you call the shots. Um, like, I started out working in retail. I worked at a five and dime in Vinnan Square a bazillion years ago. And then uh, I was moonlighting at Borders Bookstore um, mm. for, like, extra Christmas money. And they opened up their cafe. And they're like, we need cafe people. I'm like, eh, I'll try that. Sure. Turns out the cafe people were my kind of crazy. And I was yeah. like, oh, I like you people. This is where I belong. And so that was when it started, and that was, like, the early 90s. And then, then I started, like, moonlighting just line cooking and one guy that I was cooking for was like you should go to school I was like huh really but turns out I really loved culinary school yeah yeah what's it like running running a because this is both a local lobster shanty is both mm-hmm. a local institution yeah. but it's also super heavy tourist traffic it kind of is yeah so like how do you or, or is it or am I wrong about that um I'm always surprised at how many tourists come in here. I kind of think of us as like a local, like hidden dive bar kind of thing. Yeah. But then we're not. Um, I sort of chafed up against the dive bar thing at first because, you know, I worked at some nice places. I worked at Red Rock. I worked at Grapevine. I worked at Shoebies. Then yeah. I came here and I was like, I don't want to just take stuff out of the freezer, drop it in the fryer. And so I tried to do like this highfalutin menu. No. 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 Uh, but now I've settled into some pretty awesome comfort food that I think works. Yeah. Um, your question well is it it's, <laughs> is it is it hard to serve locals and tourists at the same time like keep both mm. customers happy regulars and people we probably never see again i think that in some way regulars see themselves as like having secret access to the place you know like they know everyone's names they can probably you know sneak into the bar when people are waiting to sit at tables uh-huh. um but i feel like I don't think we've ever treated anybody really differently. And over the years, we've actually acquired some tourist regulars. Yeah, like sure. We have some dear friends who come from the Midwest, and they come for a week or two every year. We're like, yay, Chelsea and Dennis are here. Um, that we win regulars that we just only see once a year instead of once a week. Sure. Um, so I guess that's our goal. Yeah. We just want you to be here every day, depending on how many days you're in Salem. <laughs> just come every day. It's cool. It's, it, it, you have the additional challenge of being seasonal, too, yeah. which is, I guess around here is not that abnormal, you know? I mean, I, I mean, about 10% of restaurants around here are probably seasonal when you get up like Gloucester, like Cape Ann, oh, like yeah, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I was going to say maybe more like that, but like in Salem, I think we're one of three seasonal liquor licenses. Oh, that's um, right. You got the bites didn't even occur to me. You got the bar, too. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why we're seasonalists, because we have a seasonal liquor license. I and I really chafed against that for a long time. And now that I've done this enough and struggled through enough winters, even, like, at the mug, like, you know, it expands and contracts so much that it's almost kind of smarter to close during the quietest weeks of the year. Sure. And then I think in some way it helps the other restaurants in town that are struggling for more diners when it's slow. Right. To get some of the people that wouldn't necessarily come to us. Yeah. Um, I know we go out more. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel like the people, you know, Longboards and the Witch's Brew and, you know, Major McLeish's are probably tired of our faces at this point. Yeah. um, Plugs for some favorite local places there too, right? Yeah. No, Um, no, absolutely. I had never been to Major's until maybe like two years ago. And I walked in, and I'm like, I've lived here for a decade, and I've never seen any of these people in my life. And I, I think, think it's because, like, 
There's some crossover. They're the, so you need they're customers, the, the, majors, customers. Yeah. Uh, I'm fascinated with the place. I've been back a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I like it there. The steak tips are where it's at. Yeah. are so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, one, uh, we share an employee. Uh, Brandy works here and works Oh, no kidding. Oh, funny. Um, we share an employee with the Witches Brew. I don't, um, because most people have a side gig or more than one. Especially if you work here and we're seasonal, you need something to fall back on. Totally. Yeah. Um, so we have one guy who's driving for Uber this year. Oh, funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stories he's already told. That's not a job that I... I thought about it briefly because I drive a lot for work, mm-hmm. and then I realized, like, no. no. I, I'm too socially awkward. Yeah. Running a restaurant, you're too socially awkward. Uh, do, you, do you spend a lot of time, like, face, like, out know, in the uh, room? One of my goals this year is to do that more. Yeah? Um, I have a guy that's going to help me run the kitchen full-time. We're still short-staffed for line cooks, but um, I think I will be able to be out here a little bit more. Because yeah. I enjoy, especially now that we all have relationships, like that I can put the names with the faces or yeah 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 so I don't know I mean people recognize me or me and my dog dogs help we were having that discussion earlier yeah remember the dog's name and not the people names Mm -hmm. um what are you doing to make Salem a better place what am I doing to make Salem a better place I don't know I mean I guess I want to create a place where everybody can kind of come and be social um that was one, we always talk about the shanty magic, that uh, the magic of the horseshoe-shaped bar is that strangers can talk across it. Um, hmm. like, and you can't not eavesdrop because we're, we're right on top yeah, of Yeah, we're right on top, yeah. Um, so one lady's like, oh, I'm here from Nevada for a couple of days. I don't know what to do. Everybody's giving her advice <laughs> about places to go. Uh, one of the gals here, she's like, oh, I work at the PBS Museum. Here are some passes. That's and like awesome. she left like being welcomed by the community just because she asked a question and we were all like yeah we got ideas for you yeah um but i don't know i just feel like it's a good gathering place we um when we applied to renew our lease with the city we had to kind of think about who we are and what we do and um i had a bunch of people started sending me pictures of their children they're like these children exist because of the shanty i'm like did we serve you too much what's going Um, on in the bathrooms here Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, there's that one time but we kicked them out Uh, (laughs) um but i don't know i like i just feel like we're somebody's you know at the end of they talk about your third place like it's not work it's not home Mm -hmm. it's your third place and i guess that's what i'd like to be for salem i also feel like we don't own the shanty we are just the stewards to the legacy of the shanty, and I'm looking for the next person to pass it on to. Yeah. Because, like, hopefully the shanty outlives me. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, did the, the way the shanty, this is a personal mm-hmm. inquiry because I find this little stretch of road fascinating. Is this building part of the, it has to be like the, is it part of, our, officially a part of yes. Artist Row? Yes, it is. So that's where that city long-term lease thing in. Yeah, so the city owns this whole stretch. Yeah. Um, and we have been here since it, it was the marketplace before, and it, they were like incubator spaces. Yeah, yeah. That like budding businesses would pay rent. Um, and over the years, we've watched like plumbing be put in and removed and heating. Mm. And so now all the buildings finally have heating and air conditioning. This is the first time that I can remember in like 15 years. Um, before we bought the shanty, um, my husband, who is an artist, an illustrator, um, was part of one of the buildings down the end selling his paintings. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Actually, there's some of his paintings right up there. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me. I hope the shanty outlives both of us. Me too. Yeah. 
think so. No, I, I don't plan on it, but just in case. These are real wood, right? They are. Good. Jimmy Carter, our oldest surviving president, still alive and still kicking, just like the lobster shanty. Thanks to Diane Wolf and the folks at the Lobster Shanty for hosting this episode. Alex Asacker wrote and performed the Citizen Salem theme song on her ukulele. Citizen Salem is recorded and produced by me, Chris Paget. Additional photography, you can find it on Instagram by Bowie Paget. If you or someone you know would like to be featured here, send me an email, citizensalem1626 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Citizen Salem. And see you at the shanty.